Welcome to Microgrid Knowledge, where we provide news and analysis about microgrid development and trends. This is Lisa Cohn with microgridknowledge.com. The Rocky Mountain Institute is helping San Francisco with earthquakes by focusing on microgrids. Joining us is Coben Calhoun, a manager at RMI, and Leah Gucciani, also a manager at RMI, to tell us about this project. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at www.microgridknowledge.com to get an early jump on prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's www.microgridknowledge.com. Um, hi, Coben and Leah. Um, so I know that this is a multi-layered effort. If you could kind of give me a little background about how this all came about. Sure. Thanks, Lisa. This is Leah. Um, San Francisco, uh, the city of San Francisco and their microgrid partners were one of 12 teams that joined Rocky Mountain Institute at our 2015 ULAB Accelerator, which mm -hmm. is a project boot camp uh, to accelerate innovation that's happening at the distribution edge. Mm -hmm. um, and at this workshop, we had 12 teams from across the United States um, who were working on projects like community microgrids or new utility business models or mm -hmm. new customer solutions for distributed energy resources. Mm -hmm. um, and the city of San Francisco, after receiving their funding from the Department of Energy to pursue this solar battery microgrid uh, project uh, that's underway, I think saw a lot of value in, in trying to learn and work with other teams from across the U.S. Mm -hmm. that we're working on similar microgrid projects. Uh, and so we encouraged them to join us, and then Coben uh, became the facilitator for the team mm -hmm. um, at the 2015 event. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so basically, d does the city of San Francisco now – so they're working on a solar microgrid project now? Correct. Uh, they received funding from the Department of Energy to work on – basically implementing these microgrid projects as a way of helping scale solar mm -hmm. uh, and essentially resilient buildings and, and microgrid systems uh, within the city of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. so this was an opportunity for them to come and receive support both from RMI as well as some of our network of technical experts as well as the other teams at Accelerator mm -hmm. to think through some of the challenges and sticky problems associated with actually developing the plan for the microgrids and then beginning to roll them out on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so you are, now did you, I'm just, I'm going to clear up the funding. I know that they got, did they get funding through RMI or just RMI's help uh, via the accelerator? Is that the way it works? Sure. Um, they receive, most of their funding is from the Department of Energy. Um, attending ELAB Accelerator was something that they did um, sort of in parallel with their DOE funding, um, but didn't receive specific funding for. So the team participants um, found their own funding resources to attend the project boot camp. Mm -hmm. So now tell me what, so you mentioned earlier that you're looking at some of the um, challenges of building them and rolling them out. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And I'm also interested in the earthquake angle. I just threw three questions at you. Sorry about that. Why don't we start with the earthquake angle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so one of the main uh, kind of challenges we had presented in coming to ULAB Accelerator and with their specific project was 
based around uh, the potential challenge or threat of, of a major earthquake that would take place. Uh, and basically looking at some of the science and projections around the increased likelihood that an earthquake could affect both the community of San Francisco as well as then the specific infrastructure around their buildings and energy systems. Mm -hmm. So this was an opportunity to really look at identifying uh, ways to implement a more resilient system and in doing so base that or basically ground that uh, in renewable energy and clean energy solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, so in coming to the event and some of the major problems that they were looking at uh, was a pretty diverse set. Um, and I'll, I'll name a few and then happy to, to go into some more specifics or, or let Leah add in as well. You know, I think one was just starting to think through technically how do these systems, how are they designed, how are they implemented, what are the key components that will allow for a successful off-grid uh, or microgrid system. Uh, a second component of the project that they really highlighted was, you know, over time, how are they going to engage stakeholders from the community? And so thinking through that process of, you know, Obviously, these systems need to be rooted and support the community. So, how are they going to engage uh, stakeholders around that conversation? And now, can I uh, jump third, in for a minute? Are you talking about yeah. um, demand response there, or are you just talking about general support? Uh, general support and just buy-in around, you know, if they're developing community uh, centers that would be uh, basically resilient to the impacts of an earthquake. How do you think about? where to cite those, what are the right locations, how do you actually engage stakeholders in terms of buying into the process such that if an emergency event did occur, that is where community members would turn to, you know, in the event that they needed support or a place to go to shelter. Mm -hmm. uh, to event. So mm -hmm. um, thinking through some of those issues um, was kind of a, a core component. Stepping back, I think one of the, the third kind of big buckets is around um, kind of ownership of the system. And then with that, starting to get into some of the finance uh, and um, financial issues around how do you, who actually pays for it, who owns it, who gets the value of the system in the interim, uh, who maintains it and operates it. Um, so those were some of the bigger kind of issues that, that they were looking at. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there are a few other teams at Accelerator that were looking at some similar issues. Um, I don't know if Leah would like to add anything as well, given her, her perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one of the things that we think is so powerful about the ELAD Accelerator event is at the same four-day workshop, we had another team from Hoboken, New Jersey, that was also working on microgrids for critical infrastructure in the city. Mm -hmm. Very different geography, different regulatory environment, um, different sort of uh, environmental resources that they have to work with. Um, and also, to a certain extent, a different interpretation of what constitutes a critical facility. But a lot of the same questions around um, what does the microgrid look like technically? What type of generation does it have? What kind of controls does it have? Um, what does the microgrid look like from a business model standpoint? What's mm -hmm. the role of the utilities? Who owns the assets? Who uh, reaps the benefit of any revenue the microgrid earns? who operates and controls the microgrid. Um, what's the way that you build a microgrid to serve multiple uh, facilities or tenants? Um, and so these teams shared a lot in common. There was also a team that was in attendance from Ketchum, Idaho, where you have a community that's at the end of a, a radial transmission line that has had multiple um, outages due to severe weather events. 
mm-hmm. um, leaving the community without power for extended periods of time. And they're looking at microgrid, lo- local renewable resources and microgrid capabilities to improve the resiliency of the community. Mm-hmm. And so these teams get the benefit of being able to step away from the problem that's really close to home mm-hmm. and, and look at what somebody's trying to do in another part of the country. And this really yields some new insights around uh, different approaches that can work. Um, and it also helps these groups really build a network of support um, as they start to make progress on their initiatives. Hmm, really interesting. Um, so do, do we have any feel, do you have any feel for what the San Francisco microgrid is going to look like in terms of size or who it would serve and who would own it? I think that's a good question and one that wasn't fully uh, defined uh, at the outcome of the workshop. Really, it was a lot more about kind of setting the foundation for then the next two or three years of the grant in which they were going to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. So this is very much on the front end of their project and planning process and something that, that they wanted to get a really good roadmap for mm-hmm. and then they could carry out over the next three years and begin to answer the specific questions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And something that is a bit unique with the City of San Francisco's project that made it so interesting to us is that in their scope with the Department of Energy, it was not to just do one microgrid for one critical facility, but I believe it was, was it 10 or 11, Tobin? I think it was to do 10 microgrids for 10 different facilities. And they left themselves room to kind of interpret what they would constitute as a critical facility. Mm-hmm. So they had the flexibility in, based on their uh, GIS and mapping analysis to say, that a critical facility might be just one firehouse or it might be the firehouse and the senior center next to it or a, a, a hospital and a school across the street. And so you start to get those multi-tenant, multiple-building microgrids. And we thought this was really interesting because by doing 10 different microgrids, this gave the city two really valuable opportunities. It gave them the opportunity to potentially test several sort of ownership and business models for Mm -hmm. those microgrids. And it also gave them the opportunity to validate one model in multiple locations, which we think is really important to scaling microgrids more broadly. Um, And ultimately, for them to be able to roll out this kind of technical solution um, far beyond what they're going to be able to do with the DOE grant. Mm -hmm. So I just, when you say 10 microgrids, um, so I assume that when you were talking about, mm-hmm. I, I thought what, what you just said was one might be a school, a firehouse, and a senior center, and that would be served by one microgrid in the same area, correct? That could be one. Okay. And then you could do 10 other ones in other neighborhoods. Yeah. And they, they, um, Specifically, we're trying to uh, place the microgrids throughout the city mm-hmm. um, in different neighborhoods because they saw um, both uh, resilience benefits from having them distributed in different locations mm-hmm. as well as financial and, in some ways, political advantages mm-hmm. by having them in different parts of the city. Really? That's a really cool project. Um uh, would this be a? Do you think they'd be 100% renewable microgrids? 
I think that's still to be determined. Um, the, you know, the team's looking at uh, the technical fees. You know, there's a lot of things to, to tackle when you're working on a micro design, and technical feasibility is one of those things. Um, what one of the things that the team is dealing with in San Francisco is that some of the top facilities that they're considering already have some existing backup generation. Mm -hmm. And so it would be looking to add some kind of solar battery complement mm -hmm. to the existing diesel generator, which um, really extends the life of that generator asset and the microgrid capabilities, and also adds some of this resilience to events that affect the liquid fuel or natural gas supply, which mm -hmm. we know is vulnerable in the earthquakes that the city is considering. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to say that they're 100% renewable. They're really looking at uh, the constraints of the properties, the load shapes, how much solar they can put there, how much battery storage they can put there. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kogan, but I think they're also looking at how um, sort of utility scale and grid service renewable energy could support one of these microgrids where the on-site solar PV might not be large enough to meet all of the building's loads. So you're saying how it could support um, some area that already has some backup power? Yeah, so I, I think there's an explicit focus of the project to basically say what is the opportunity to begin supplying and, and supporting off-grid or microgrid solutions through renewable energy. Mm -hmm. With that said, some of the specific locations that may end up being critical to either the, the, that area, that neighborhood, or mm -hmm. the broader system, and therefore would, would want to be supported by a microgrid solution, they may already have some backup generation. And so it's just beginning to evaluate, again, kind of coming back to the 10 or 12 cases, you know, what is the, the value and, and is there significant value around implementing a microgrid solution that supports uh, an existing facility uh, that already has some backup generation. Others may be 100% supported by renewable energy. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, it's just kind of looking at it on a case-by-case -case basis to which locations and which technical system designs will be most effective in supporting the ultimate outcomes and goals of the project around mm -hmm. microgrids, resiliency, and renewable energy. Mm -hmm. um, and is it? are you specifically focused on earthquakes? That is the primary scenario under which they're evaluating the, both the challenge and then, therefore, the opportunity. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, the potential challenges or the benefits of these systems uh, start and stop with just a major earthquake, but that is one of the, the most significant uh, threats uh, that, therefore, they're, they're working with under their current planning and mm -hmm. uh, scenario identification. Mm -hmm. um. Really, really interesting project. How much money is going into this project? Like, you know, how much would it cost to build 10 microgrids? So the current project is focused on developing the plan for implementation of the 12 microgrids. A key component of the project is then identifying uh, how to finance and implement them. Mm -hmm. The project itself is not currently being funded to develop 12 microgrids. It's the plan that will then result in the financing and implementation of microgrids. Mm -hmm. I don't have the specific numbers on the total budget for the project. We obviously are playing a specific role in terms of facilitating the team and helping them reach 
kind of better uh, outcomes, um, but we're not necessarily in control of the specific project budget or the planning process itself. Right. Um, sure. So, so the idea is um, basically if there's a terrible earthquake, which is certainly a possibility, and um, the power goes out, the city of San Francisco will have a number of centers powered by microgrids where people can go um, to get light, heat, um, or whatever they need. I assume they'd probably be kind of disaster centers as well. Um, I think some of the sites will be considered as disaster centers where people go to shelter. Some of them are uh, places like fire stations or police stations where the normal, it's important that the normal functioning capability of the facility um, be sustained through an event so that uh, those first responders can go, can, can, are fully equipped and able to go to the parts of the city where there may be fires or injuries or other things that happen as a consequence of the earthquake. So making sure that those sites stay fully functional, not necessarily that they become places of shelter for the community. Right, um, not necessarily shelter. Last question. Do you think the focus on global warming and how it's affecting um, our world in terms of disasters um, prompts um, efforts like these? I would say that, yes, it does, but not necessarily a central consideration in the San Francisco case. Because the earthquake was the central set, threat they were evaluating against, that's not considered to be a threat that's directly related to um, climate change uh, and changes in severity accordingly. The other groups that we worked with, like the city of Hoboken, um, where they experienced such devastating flooding during Superstorm Sandy. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the severity of uh, weather disasters um, and the likeliness that those severe weather events will become more intense as climate change uh, occurs mm -hmm. is something that they are considering. And so um, I would say that that wasn't central to city of San Francisco and what they're doing, but we've definitely worked with other communities where um, the increasing intensity of global warming and the likely effects on weather patterns is something that they're considering um, in planning for, uh, you know, in their community resilience plans. And now, and when you say we're working with, are you talking about in your accelerator? Yeah, predominantly through our EOD Accelerator program. Okay. All right. Well, this is really fascinating um, stuff, and thank you so much for joining me. Is there any specific website that people can visit to learn more about, I guess, the Accelerator project? Absolutely. So uh, if they're interested in learning more, they can go to www.rmi.org mm -hmm. slash elab underscore accelerator. Um, there's also probably some links directly from our main page, but that's the specific eLab Accelerator website. And just for your reference, eLab is short for Electricity Innovation Lab, which oh, is okay. a national collaboration that RMI um, is helping to facilitate with leaders, change agents, influencers, um, and thought leaders across the electricity industry. Mm -hmm. How do we really 
um, accelerate the adoption of distributed energy resources. Okay, so you're focused mostly on uh, um, on distributed resources. Um, Alrighty, well, thanks so much. It's really fascinating. It was our pleasure to join you today. Thank you for having us. All right, thanks. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at www.microgridknowledge.com to get an early jump on prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's www.microgridknowledge.com.